Hello and welcome to night number 10 of 31 Nights of Frights, year 4, the Stephen King of Horror. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. Night 10 brings us to another Stephen King miniseries adaptation of a book that is known to be one of his worst. Starring Jimmy Smits and Marge Helgenberger, this is the 1993 John Power-directed ABC miniseries event, The Tommyknockers. The Tommyknockers tells the story of Jim Gardner and Bobby Anderson, who reside in the town of Haven. Jim, whose nickname is Guard, is an author and recovering alcoholic who lives with Bobby. Bobby one day discovers out in her backyard there is a mysterious object that alters one's mind. As the story goes on, it goes from affecting just Bobby to infecting the entire town. Growing up, this was one of those ABC events and I knew that it was a Stephen King book. I was excited for it. Honestly, it's one that I look back on fondly. I actually like this movie quite a bit. From what I've heard, this movie does deviate quite a bit from the original source material, which I guess is okay since people didn't really like it all that much to begin with. Watching it now, many years later, after only seeing it once or twice since its original premiere on ABC, I find it to be a very interesting mix of a hive mind type of alien story. It's almost like a Stephen King interpretation of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It doesn't have just a feel of an Invasion of the Body Snatchers type of story. It's almost a vampiric type of story as well because everybody is getting drained and they're being used as almost batteries to power this alien spaceship, this object. The nice thing about the Tommyknockers is, well, you don't have to deal with commercials. That's the one thing about it is Nicole and I, we wound up watching this whole thing all in one night because it's only about three hours long. When it was shown on ABC, it was over the course of two days, similar to Stephen King's It when that originally was released. I do have to say that I think this movie holds up pretty well. Unlike It that has a actual movie feel that feels like it could have been theatrical, the Tommyknockers feels like a TV production through and through. That's not necessarily a bad thing. The special effects throughout definitely hold up. I think the aliens look pretty cool themselves. The only special effect that I don't think really holds up well is the one used by former adult film actress Tracy Lords. Her character in the movie, she has a little lipstick vaporizer thing that doesn't look all that great nowadays. But other than that, the movie itself has some pretty decent looking effects, which is definitely surprising and welcome. In my rewatch, I was surprised that this was one that took place in another Stephen King town, that it was the town of Haven. Haven later had its own TV show on the Sci-Fi Channel. It's nice to hear little references throughout the film to other Stephen King towns, such as the town of Derry, which was in It. So even though this is not connected to It in any way, it does have a nice little it's all in the same world type of feel. We even get a reference to the Micmac Native Americans, which of course was in Pet Cemetery, which that was the source of the cemetery with the powers to bring the dead back to life. So it's not in the same world, but it might as well be. 
we know that the Stephen King books definitely take place in the same worlds and multiverses. It's just nice to see it carried out here. I think this movie has a lot of good things going for it. I like Bobby's obsession over digging up the artifact in the woods, essentially her backyard, and the overall weirdness of it telepathically talking to everyone who comes in contact with it. It gives them ideas on bad inventions or even how to fix things. I say bad inventions because these are all things that are supposed to make things easier, but they're powered by this artifact, which at the same time is being powered off of the people, draining the townspeople of their life. The whole fascinating thing about it is that it seems to affect everyone differently. Bobby seems to have the biggest tie to this because I'm assuming she found it first? I don't know, it's not really clear how and why she becomes the leader. It would have been nice to see why or how she has a stronger bond to it. I guess it does make sense because she found it, it's just one of those things that I thought about that's never really explained. Maybe it's explained in the book, I don't know. One of those moments where we see that bond between the artifact and her is when she's having sex with Guard. It causes the artifact to have a big reaction in the woods, so I'm guessing the artifact is enjoying it as well. It glows a strong green and it seems to reach out to everyone in Haven at that point. One scene that I really enjoyed was when the TV was talking to the character of Becca and telling her that her husband Joe is cheating on her. The TV tells her to kill him. It's a really fun scene and it's even more fun when we later find out how she kills him, which is through the TV. I know it sounds ridiculous, but keep in mind I said, this thing gives people weird ideas and their inventions. Either way, this whole scene is a bit on the cheesy side, but it never goes full on into campy territory. That's probably one thing that I enjoyed about this miniseries. It's less cheesy on some things than, say, it. But the Tommyknockers doesn't really have too many scares throughout. It's mostly a creepy type of feel, mostly because of all the weird stuff going on. The other scene that I really liked was when the character of Hilly made his brother disappear by, again, using one of these bad inventions. Honestly, it's a scene that's a little bit on the obvious side, but it's fun either way. As much as I appreciate this movie, I do have to say the first part of it drags a little bit. This, of course, is simply just for story and characterization, which is fine, it just feels a little drag-heavy. The pacing is sure to not ruin anyone's fun with this one, as it definitely didn't ruin my fun with it. It's just that the second part of this winds up being the more fun of the two halves. The second part really does kick the movie into high gear with people acting more strange with their inventions. And a lot of it is just straight up odd. Where Bobby starts looking sickly and losing teeth, that's a nice touch. It goes with the overall theme that the spaceship object thing is draining the townspeople, so they're all looking almost like they have cancer or something and they're just losing their teeth like crazy. It might be because the ship is radioactive, who knows, but it definitely needs the life out of the townspeople in order to function. I heard that this does deviate from the original source material, so I'm wondering if it's a fault of the teleplay or if it's the fault of the original material of why the first part isn't all that 
entertaining. I heard that the second half of the book, The Tommyknockers, is actually a struggle for a lot of readers to get through. So I'm not quite sure what the issue is there. It seems like a lot of viewers are more kind to the adaptation here as opposed to the Stephen King novel. Last thing I want to talk about is the casting of the film. I think it's casted really well. Jimmy Smith's Asgard is perfectly likable. So is the character of Bobby who's played by Mark Algenberger. You probably know Smith's from the Star Wars prequels as well as NYPD Blue and Helgenberger, you probably know her from Species and CSI. It is fun to see Robert Carradine in a role that is not Revenge of the Nerds. It's even fun to see E.G. Marshall make an appearance here who was also in the Stephen King written Creepshow. Overall, everyone does a fine job on what is a relatively small TV production. I think seeing some of the familiar faces here helps elevate the material a little bit higher than what it might have been. At the end of the day, this is a pretty simple invasion of the body snatchers, hive mind type of thriller, or horror, excuse me. The story itself, of course, is something that if you've watched enough horror films, you've seen stuff like this before. So seeing these familiar faces show up, it definitely helps elevate it, at least for me. Overall, this miniseries event is not remembered nearly as fondly as some of the other Stephen King ones, such as It, Salem's Lot, maybe Storm of the Century. It's kind of on par with The Langoliers. It's one that I like. It's not a truly great film, but it's definitely an entertaining one and not a bad way to spend about three hours of your time. From what I heard, they are doing a remake of The Tommyknockers produced by James Wan and his Atomic Monster Productions. That'll be interesting to see for one if it actually comes to fruition, and for another if they can create a more memorable experience for us, the viewer. I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. If you need to catch up on some past episodes of Adam Analyzes or 31 Nights of Frights, since 31 Nights of Frights is a part of the larger Adam Analyzes podcast, you can do so at adamanalyzes.com. If you don't do the whole social media thing and would like to reach out to me, you can do so at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you are enjoying 31 Nights of Frights or Adam Analyzes, why not tell a friend about it? Tell two friends for that matter. Or if you have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to reach new listeners as well as continue to create new content. Plus, I simply love those digital hugs. But with that being said, be kind and good night. I will see you back here tomorrow for night number 11.